When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always, as the offseason for the Avs marches on and the conference finals appear to be marching to a very fast conclusion as right now, as we are recording, it is the second intermission between Florida and Carolina and Florida a period away from the Stanley Cup final and Vegas destroyed Dallas in game three and our one win away from the Stanley Cup final and we talked about these series coming in and they're just so close. Don't see any, we don't see any of these series being done in less than six. Like they, both of them might not even go back. Yeah, we were wrong. Uh, we were big time wrong because it is, it's, it's different because when you look at the Florida Carolina series, I think Carolina has played well enough to win a couple games in this series. Uh, in the Dallas and Vegas one, that performance from Dallas in game three may go down as one of the worst playoff games performances from a team we will ever see given the situation and to go out and lay that big of an egg is unexcusable it's one of the worst worst performances of the playoffs from like top to bottom from players to fans the whole thing was absolutely embarrassing and we'll talk more later on in the episode towards the end about the whole jamie ben fiasco and Just how lucky we are to have Gabe Landeskog as our captain, even if he is hurt right now. Just how lucky this team is to have a leader like that instead of a leader like that. Yeah. I mean, Gabe had Gabe was suspended for what that hit on Kirby Doc last year. Yeah. Right? In the first two games of the regular season, not the must win in the, the Western Conference yeah. final two minutes in and then refusing to even talk to the media afterwards. He just leaves. Well, like we'll save. Yeah, I'll save all that for later, but like, my God, just a total nightmare for the stars cannot even fathom a worse performance and a worse result for them is they're probably going to get swept for in game four and send Vegas to the Stanley cup final, but we'll save a lot of the playoff talk for later. What I want to talk about today as we get deeper into the off season for the Avs and the draft starts to get a little bit closer and free agency is a little over a month away at this point. It's to address the elephant in the room in the off season for the Avs. And that's at second line center, which they haven't really addressed outright since Nazem Kadri left in free agency. They tried to do it by committee last season and looked like JT Comfer earned himself that role by the trade deadline. And a lot of the targets at the trade deadline were off the boards for packages. They couldn't afford very early on in the process. Then Comfer kind of falls off the map post deadline. And in the playoffs, as you get deeper into the series against Seattle, it's Lars Eller 
bumped up to second line center. And so the big question around this team in the offseason, outside of a lot of the other things they have to deal with, is what are they going to do down the middle? Can they go to the free agency market and find a UFA replacement? Can they go in the trade market and find a 2C replacement? Do they have a 2C in system? I think it's no. a very interesting <laughs> It no. was that was a yeah that was a rhetorical question. No, they don't. But you look at all of the options they have on the markets right now, Christian. Is there any that stick out to you off the top of your head that are available in free agency or available in trade? Both. Um, I mean, we've talked about him at nauseum, but I still think Nick Schmaltz would be the most perfect, perfect fit to this team. I completely agree. I mean, the only thing I have with Nick Schmaltz is that he's played a lot of time in Arizona on the right wing, especially this season when he was on that top line. He was not the center. He played more on the wing alongside Clayton Keller and Hayton, but he can play center. And if he is playing center with the Avs, that's 5.85 for three seasons, including this coming one. It solves your 2C problem, and it solves it for the foreseeable future. And the talk out of Arizona right now, a lot of players maybe aren't very happy with the way things are going in Arizona right now with the arena situation. And even before all of that, you'd seen the talks that the Coyotes, shockingly, are looking to maybe shed some money. And Nick Schmaltz's contract is very backloaded. And so a team with a lot of money, like the Avalanche, takes on that contract, paying him more than 5.85 and takes the onus off of Arizona to be paying that money. It's a perfect trade. And this, I I think I talked about it in like a video I did probably about a month ago now at this point. But for me, a a theoretical trade package for Nick Schmaltz would be like Sam Girard because you'd have to move some money out. Um. Probably like, do you think a first is too rich? No, yeah, yeah I, you, you have to include a first in that trade, but I don't think Sam Gerard would be in that trade package because I think if Arizona is looking to shed money, they're not going to look to take money. And one of, the things, okay. one of the things I mentioned last episode is that if Gerard gets traded, one of the things I can see is that you move him to a team looking to improve their defense and they give you draft capital back that the abs do not have. And then you take a lot of that capital, maybe you get some second round picks thrown in there, maybe a first thrown in there, and you take those and you package them to Arizona to get Nick Schmaltz, kind of like trading Sam Gerard to them, but not directly, if that right. makes any sense at all. No, it made sense. I, I'm, I'm smelling what you're putting down. It makes sense. If, they're trying, if the Coyotes are trying to get rid of money, they wouldn't want to take the 5 million cap hit that Gerard has. Right. And for for further context on the salary for Nick Schmaltz, his cap hit for the next three seasons is 5.85, but his base salary for the next three seasons is 7.5, 6.95, and 8.5. So he's getting paid more than his cap hit because it's a backloaded contract. So the Coyotes didn't have to pay him that much earlier in this contract, but now it's time to pay the Piper and are the Coyotes who are not doing great financially, it's not that big of a secret, are they willing to pay that right now? And does Nick Schmaltz even want to be in Arizona right now? I think it's a fair question to ask. I think Schmaltz is just such a great fit for this team. And especially with the money, it feels like such a perfect solution. 
However, there is one guy that I like more than Nick Schmaltz for a fit on the Avs. Contract isn't as favorable, but it's Elias Lindholm. Oh, who yeah. Talked about forever, probably even going back to before you were even on this show, talking yeah. about how much I would love Elias Lindholm on the Avs at $4.1 million, but it expires after this season. The problem with that, I don't need anyone to tell me, is that the Flames don't need to do that. No. They don't need to trade Elias Lindholm. They're not in any sort of circumstance where they just need to trade him right now. If they are trading him, it's probably at the deadline, but there is a new GM in Calgary and Craig Conroy. Who knows what he's thinking right now? Take Taking over this team that was a total mess last year, and they're locked into some contracts right now with Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger. Maybe long-term they can't afford to be paying Lindholm that kind of money, and they know they'll get a haul for him if they move him. I am totally getting my hopes up here. But if Elias Lindholm is available, I would really, really like to see that happen for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, he is, we talked about that, what, I feel like at the trade deadline that maybe they could move him because he has, what, one or two years left on his contract? It's one at 4.1. So on July 1st, he is eligible for an extension. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why his name's being floated around is because if they don't make like significant progress on a contract extension, that's why he could be a possible trade deadline acquisition. But I mean, Elias Lindholm, he was what a Selkie finalist two, two years ago now at this point. Like, much. I mean, and- the year that the Flames won the Pacific, he was 82 points in 82 games. And even this year where everything just went wrong with Calgary, still had 64 points in 80 games. Like he is a phenomenal player. And I'm only talking about his points right now, not even looking at the fact that he is one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. Like Lindholm and the Avs is a match made in heaven. But does it make sense for the Flames to be moving on from that? And if they are, can the Avs be the team that musters up a package to get him? Because if Lindholm is on the market, whether it's now in trade or next year in UFA, there are going to be a lot of teams that want this guy. And you are going to need to come to the table with a serious package. Yeah, I mean, what is a hypothetical trade for him? Like, what do you think you have to get for Lindholm? It it starts with your first and that. I, I imagine the conversation begins with your first and John Luke Foodie. I, I can't imagine it being less than that. And also, there are teams with better trade offers than that. So you're also probably is next year's first in the conversation. I wouldn't think so. But see, I, I think I think it's two firsts. Because if you're gonna move him to a Western conference rival, it, you're gonna need a pretty big package to get him back. But in that case, you need the extension. Because for one year, as much as I love Lindholm, for one year, not a huge fan of two first plus a prospect for just that one year. But like, what's an extension look like for Elias Lindholm, a guy who is a season removed from 82 points and was still extraordinarily good last year and year over year has been consistently excellent in Calgary. Are we talking $7 million for a player like that? Less than that? I don't know. Like there are several roadblocks to this working, but in terms of pure fit player, I like the most as two C on the abs bar none end of debate. It's Elias Lindholm 100%. 
I love Nick Schmaltz, but I couldn't agree with you more. It's it, it, it's Elias Lindholm. Yeah. I mean, he solves so many problems for you. And could you imagine a line with him, Nachushkin, and Lekkonen? That would be just a disgusting line to face. You, it, if you get a second-line center like Lindholm, you're probably putting Rantanen down there with him too. And it's it solves so many problems with this team because he's not purely a scoring forward. Defensively, he would fit right in. He would... Yeah. He probably wouldn't even need to practice. Be like, yeah, okay. I just, I do that already. So what do you want from me? Yeah. He's, he's just so rock solid. Um, I, I really like Elias Lindholm, but I just, I, I don't know why the flames would do that. I just, that's my thing. It's like like, Craig Conroy is a smart GM. Honestly, if I was Craig Conroy and July 1st rolls around, one of my first moves would be to extend him. Well, what's their cap situation looking like? I mean, I just said that they're locked into a bunch of guys. They're really only locked into, I like to say, the big three right now of Huberto, Kadri, and Uyghur. Their big offseason last year where they've got 10.5 tangled up in Huberto, 7 in Kadri, and 6.25 in Uyghur. Markstrom still has three years after this at $6 million. That's not going away. Anderson has three years left at 4.5. Coleman has four left at 4.9. Like they're, they're not screwed in terms of like everyone is just locked in. But if you are trying to win with this core and try to make this work, which is why the Bradtree living and, and Daryl Sutter are not there anymore because they totally failed at winning this year with this team is if you want to continue winning with this team, you can't let Elias Lindholm go because he's such an important part of that. Yeah. You, you cannot let a player like that. Like he is, he would be one of the most sought after free agents next year, he without would. a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's, can you imagine if he was a UFA this year? Oh, he'd get a bag, man. <laughs> in, this, in this UFA class, I mean, he'd he'd probably be looking at close to like seven and a half million dollars, minimum. Yeah, minimum. Like he is, because how old is he? He's twenty nine. He's twenty eight. Twenty eight. So. Even if you give him a six-year contract, that's expiring when he's 34. Yeah. I mean, he would be the gem. And if he becomes available, the Avs need to do everything in their power to try and get him. Yeah. And cool. we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I I, I don't think it's going to happen. The reason I'm so ranting about this is because just randomly today, there's been like five articles written on Elias Lindholm as trade targets for teams and what that would look like for Calgary, just like out of nowhere. So that's been the worm in my brain all day. It's like, oh, okay, so Lindholm is getting traded and the Avs need to get him immediately. I mean, I've I've been beaten on this drum for years. If Lindholm is ever available, you've got to get him. You have to. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about that, I feel like, less than two or three months ago we were talking yeah. about that. So maybe we were just early to the party. I've I've been saying it for a long time. It's just the only roadblock is he's good. So why would Calgary do that? Right. Unless they're unless they're interested in just a retool for the next few years and making the back ends of those Huberto, Kadri, and Uyghur contracts work, I I just don't see why a new GM would come in here and be like, huh, Elias Lindholm, one of the guys who like didn't suck last year. Let's trade him. Just move him out of here for futures. Well, I mean, if he's not going to resign, you have to trade him. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you have to explore. I mean, maybe he hates Calgary. We've seen that sometimes with like Matthew Kachuk. He just doesn't yep. like Calgary. Maybe he just doesn't want to be there and you have to explore trading him. But if he does want to be there or is just indifferent on it, you got to do it. You got to bring him back. I just don't see 
how Calgary, barring extreme circumstances, would do this because they don't have to. They can just keep the good player. Right. They could. I mean, theoretically. Yeah. And that's the problem with this whole conversation is trying to trade for a second line center is that another team already has it and they're not going to just give it to you. Right. Unless they are actively tearing it down and rebuilding. So you have to look for teams that are bad and maybe looking out to, to move out centers. And we've seen in the past that like, it's hard to find effective second line centers for good money because they're supposed to produce at like a 60, 70 point pace for the really, really good ones. And those guys get paid money. And then when it's time for them to sign new deals, they get paid top line money. As we just saw with Nazem Kadri, he is one of the best second line centers this team has ever had. And then goes and gets $7 million, which at the time looked cheap (laughs) based on the, the season he just had in the run. He just had in the playoffs. Yeah. He is, he is just, I, I saw that. Did you see it was a year ago that he had that hat trick? Yeah, that was so much fun. That broke yeah, my heart a little bit. Yeah. And we were we were at DNVR when that happened and losing our mind with everyone. That was so fun. Yeah, it was a great time. I miss Nas. But yeah, I mean, it, exactly what you were saying, though. It's it's these second line centers. They usually outperform their contract. So then they get paid more. And you look at a guy like Lindholm, he's Probably like like you said, like I think minimum he's getting six point five on his next deal. Yeah, he's gonna get a very good contract because he's not even when that contract expires, he's not gonna be in his thirties yet and has shown no signs of decline or being a player that's going to decline early. His career trajectory, especially ever since he went to Calgary from Carolina, has only ever been up right. and has been nothing short of a phenomenal player. The entire he was what, like the fourth or fifth overall pick for Lindholm? I don't know off the top of my head. He was in 2013. He was the fifth overall pick for the Hurricanes and was drafted behind like Jonathan Drouin and Seth Jones. It was the McKinnon draft. Yeah. So, I mean, it's he's a fantastic player. I I think like percent chance of that happening for the Avs, I'm going to put at a solid two. Yeah. I mean, if he's available there's not much of a better fit than the ass for him. It's just a matter of actually getting him, which is going to be really hard. But if he is available, there's very few prices that I would balk at for that. No, like I even, wouldn't either. Even the draft picks, if it takes two firsts, honestly, if you can find a way to get an extension in there, go for it. Yeah, what, absolutely. What are the 27th overall pick? And with Lindholm, you're looking probably 32nd. Yeah. What are the odds those guys turn into Elias Lindholm? Slim, slim to none. Very so. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely like now that all that news is coming out, that's the big fish that you have to, you have to consider um, is Elias Lindholm. Um, And I think he's at the top of both of our lists. And then Nick Schmaltz is a close second. Yeah. Schmaltz fits the financial situation. Yes. But I like Lindholm as a player more, especially because he is a fully established center and Schmaltz, has gone back and forth at times. Is he ready to 82 games, second line center Stanley cup contender? I think so, but it would need to still be proven first, but you look at some of the rest of the targets for the abs, whether it's in UFA or trade targets, you go to the UFA class. Like we were saying for a second, it's, it's not great. In no. When you're trying to find a second line center for a Stanley cup team, it's not great. You go to 
you look at the list. I mean, you look, the big name on there is Patrice Bergeron. He's either going to Boston or retiring. That's not going to happen. And Max Domi is second in points for centers right now. It's crazy. Same thing as Bergeron. And then you get to JT Comfer already. That's already where we are on this list. And we've kind of already established not willing to do that for second line money. Really the only name that I like for second line center is Ryan O'Reilly. I like Ryan O'Reilly too. It's going to be interesting to see if he decides like he's forgiven Colorado for all the shit that happened back in like 2015. All of the management guys are gone. I would think that that's, probably water under the bridge at this point, all the problems that he had. I mean, who's left from that? Sackick. Pretty much. But like, is he going to yeah. hold it over Sackick's head for that? I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think he would. But the thing with O'Reilly is I think he'd fit well. He He's a solid player, but we saw this year he, he fell off a cliff. He had a really bad year. Offensively, he definitely yeah. fell off a cliff. Defensively, he was still very good for the most part. And he got picked up by the Leafs at the deadline, even though the abs, it was like one of the few guys they were actually connected to at the yep. deadline was Ryan O'Reilly. He gets picked up by the Leafs for a ridiculous package of what Toronto ended up getting, like Gaudette, Abramov, the first, a third, and a second. And you look at his production from last year, he was not very good in St. Louis. It it was actually kind of getting concerning. In 40 games, he had 19 points and was a minus 24, which sticks out because in his time as St. Louis, he's an excellent defensive player, and that definitely helps his plus-minus numbers. I don't put a lot of stock in the plus-minus, but when it goes from extremely positive to extremely negative, something happened there. And it might have just been Jordan Bennington and the Blues are bad, but... There's definitely still something there. Only 19 points in 40 games, breaks his finger in Toronto, but had 11 points in 13 games in the regular season. And in the playoffs, he had nine points in 11 games, including three goals. I think there is still something there with Ryan O'Reilly, but the main part of this conversation is, yeah, he's definitely a fit, but what's the contract look like? I mean, it'd have to be that one year and then you just take that 7 million from... Landy being on LTIR. I don't, I don't think he takes that. I I think you're looking minimum three years. No, I agree. Like that's what it'd have to be. But for the abs to make that work, like I would be comfortable signing him to a one-year deal. Just I, based off what we said, saw last year. I mean, he broke his foot too, if I remember right, when he was in St. Louis and broke his finger. So, I mean, that can kind of contribute to the uh, downward slope in point production. But I don't know if I'm comfortable handing anything out over two years. I think if it's going to be O'Reilly, it's going to have to be at least three years and probably in the $5 million range, probably five and a half-ish around that area. I mean, for terms of his value, it's helped that offensive production hasn't been spectacular over the last few seasons. That certainly helped out a bit, but he is 32. And you have to wonder, is time already catching up with Ryan O'Reilly enough that you are comfortable sinking multiple years into a contract like that? Yeah. I don't think three years is the end of the world, though. Like, it, once once you're going into the four and fives, that's when it starts to make me sweat. But I, I think Ryan O'Reilly, 
as good and as dependent of a player as he is, I think he can get three years out of him. I think you could. It's just, I don't know, man. I I just always, signing that big of a contract just scares me. Yeah. I, I, it's always it, going to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what he could provide to the team is definitely something. Like, he could fill that void Landeskog has a little bit because he is a leader in the room. I mean, he was the captain of the St. Louis Blues, even though they're the St. Louis Blues. He, he still is the captain. And he adds a ton of value to this team. So, I just... With the the dip we saw this year, that production scares me. It scares me if I'm going to sign that because could you imagine if we're in year three and he's coming off back to back like 35 point seasons? I th- I'm less concerned about the offense after what we saw in Toronto. It just seemed like in St. Louis this year, it wasn't just O'Reilly. It seemed like there was just something poison there this year that yeah. affected almost everybody on the team. And he gets to Toronto and played like a few games before he broke his finger. He was excellent in most of them, and it got to the playoffs. And like he was for St. Louis when they made the playoffs the year before, he was very good in those as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm less concerned about it, but there's still the the time, the fit right. with Ryan O'Reilly and the Abs is is natural. I, there's no question about that, but it all comes down to the price. All comes down to the price. I like that five million, like you said. I don't know if that's what he's going to sign for. I can't. I don't think he can ask for much more, really. Eh. At thirty-two, and with the with the dip in production, I think that's going to be what teams are offering. I think maybe at most six million. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be one of the things. If it goes longer term, like if we talk four years, I think the AAV goes down to like four point five. But right. if it's shorter years, the AAV is going to be higher. Right, and in a situation like this, it's a rare time where I'm less concerned about the cap hit and more concerned about the years. Right. I agree. The years scare me about that. It, it's because like year one and two, we could be rock solid, but then year three, you're looking at like, like a Jerome McGinley situation when he came to the abs, like right. that, that would be my fear. I mean, the, the thing about Ryan O'Reilly is that I believe his kind of play will last a while. Even when the offense goes, he's still going to be Ryan O'Reilly and still right. be the Selkie winning forward. And the guy that won the con Smythe and he has elite defense for center. He's one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. And you don't just forget about that. He'll get slower for sure, but the IQ and the hockey know-how is always still going to be there. And for a team like the Avs that works a lot with players like this, I still see the fit. It's not my number one choice. And you also have to consider the fact that there are going to be a lot of teams that want Ryan O'Reilly. And if this is your number one option, this is what you're going to do. You can't do it until July 1st. And what happens on June 31st or June 30th when the Leafs just re-sign him? And then he's just off the board. And now let's say Nick Schmaltz is gone to somewhere else. Some of the other centers you've been looking at have been traded. It takes away some of your options. That's why I think Ryan O'Reilly is probably going to be like the like third or fourth option because I would not be surprised in the least if, if the Leafs resign him because it seems like he likes it there. He's from that area. And I don't think you can put a ton of stock into the fact of like banking on getting Ryan O'Reilly. Cause it would like, would it not shock you at all if we're sitting here like three days from now and you see a new contract agreed to for Ryan O'Reilly once the Leafs get a new GM? Yeah, not at all. I, th- I think the Leafs are going to, to bring him back, especially if they're going to move out one of the, 
the core four guys. I think Ryan O'Reilly is a great fit for them and another hometown guy. Also, can't rule out the fact he might just go home to St. Louis and go Very back true. to them in UFA. I mean, you don't know what he's thinking. And when a guy like O'Reilly hits the open market, you're going to have to compete for him and you're going to have to impress him with a contract offer. And what you brought up earlier might still be true, that he might resent Colorado a little bit still, and it might take more money to bring him over. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it's an option, but you're taking a risk. And you're taking a risk in terms of his age, and you're taking a risk in terms of he might just not be available at that point, and you might have waited all this time for nothing. Yep, and that's why I think the Avs, like, if the Avs are going to get a second-line guy, it has to be in the trade market just because... It's, it's the kind of thing you have to be sure. Yeah. Where it's just You need to be able to find a guy that fills that hole and hopefully force time, but that might be a luxury at that point. But it just seems like the trade market is more of a sure fire thing. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook as right now new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. As we get towards the end of the first round and into the beginning of the second round, DraftKings has got you covered with same game parlays and all of the best lines and odds you can hope for on any sportsbook. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See show notes for details at DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Now, back to the episode. And the Avs have done well in trades. Like They, they, they usually do pretty well in trades given, given what they give up and what they get in return. And I just think that's a lot easier, a trade. And like you said earlier, the UFA market for second-line centers sucks and if there's one thing that chris mcfarland and co have to accomplish this offseason is they have to get that second line center we cannot go another year without a second line center right or at least like some kind of plan because doing it by committee was okay for a while but at the end it fell apart and there are ufa centers that i like and i think would be good on the avs but penciling them in for the second line center role might be a bit of a stretch. Like a, a guy, another Toronto guy like David Kampf. I think he would be a good fit with the Avalanche, but he's not a huge offensive guy. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that I like at third line center for maybe two and a half-ish million dollars. I don't That's your to... Darren Helm replacement right there if you get right. Camp. Like a, like a good Darren Helm replacement, a guy who is very good on the penalty kill and like will get you something offensive. Like I, I honestly think like better Lars Eller, honestly. Like mostly a defensive acquisition at center, but maybe a little more potential to put right. than Lars Eller would. And also a, a name we've seen floated around a lot, and I'm not opposed to this, but I'm a little opposed to second line center is Jonathan Drouin, where the Nathan McKinnon connection is obviously there. I don't mind a one-year prove-it deal. You get him out of Montreal where there have been problems for so long. I think you can work something there but if you're signing him to be the second line center then i don't see it 
there's way too big of a risk in that situation. And like Duran, he hasn't had a good year in a while. If he comes on like a one year prove it deal where it's like you're talking like one year, one million. Yeah, that's worth the risk. But I don't think he's going to sign a one year, one million dollar deal. I think he could sign a one year, two million ish deal in that ballpark. I mean, I think Jonathan Drouin, no matter where he goes, screams prove it deal. Where it's just you haven't been, you've been in and out of the lineup for the last couple of years, hasn't scored a lot of goals, and the last several years of his career have just been a struggle for everyone involved. And it's good to see that he's playing more consistently now after all the things that he had to deal with over the last few seasons. But the guy hasn't played even more than 70 games since 2019. And you go to 2020, he played 27, 44 games, 34 games. And last season, he played 58 games. And also, doesn't really solve the depth scoring problem because he's a playmaker. Does not score a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, Drewan, I I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd want to take that risk. I would, but not at second line center. I'm yeah. fine with bringing in Jonathan Drewan because those... I think are the kinds of risks you have to take when right. it comes to this level of your contention window and the McKinnon contract kicking in is to identify guys who have a bounce back year in them that you can get for cheap. I think if you're bringing in Jonathan Drouin and putting him into your bottom six and consistently in your bottom six also like does have the skill to yeah. move up to the top six in a pinch, probably not at center, but if there are injuries piling up, there are worse players that you could have plugged into your top six. I like it for that reason, but there are risks associated with it. I mean, you can you don't have to look too far to think of another guy like Sean Monahan, where a lot of injuries and was a guy we talked about at the trade deadline, but was not available to be traded for because he was hurt. And that's been the story of, of his career for the last little bit. I like Sean Man- Sean Monahan a lot more than Jonathan Drouin. Like Sean Monahan, when he's healthy and was healthy with the Flames, was a point per game player and a yeah. thirty goal scorer. And then I, I don't really know what happened other than just injuries. But it one day just fell off a cliff for him and has not been able to to come back. But if that is there, and you believe that he can stay healthy, then it might be worth it. But I honestly, I feel better about Drew just because really? I I don't know what Sean Monahan has left after the amount of surgeries and the amount of injuries that he's had. And with the amount of injuries this team has had for the last little <laughs> True. bit, you're going to have to excuse me if I just don't feel super comfortable bringing in a guy who suffered through a lot lately. And that can apply to Drew too. But I believe that we've seen Drew on the mend more than we've seen Monahan recently. Yeah, I mean, you do have to take into account that whatever player comes in place for the Avs, they're going to miss like 10 games minimum just because the Avs have a curse of just players getting hurt. So like, it, it's tough when you look at these guys without with injuries because if they bounce back, you could get great value on that deal. But if they get hurt, you're kind of fucking yourself. Right. And you can't really take more than one of those guys on a chance. And when it comes to Monaghan, I mean, I, I love Sean Monaghan. When he was good and was playing well at the Flames, he was, to me, one of the more underrated players in the league. 
And I thought he was going to grow into like almost what David Pasternak is now and be a guy who puts up between like 40, 50 goals a year for Calgary and then just got hurt and never really got better and moved to Montreal, like packaged with a first to Montreal just to give the Flames more room to work with. And like in the games he played, he had 17 points in 25 games. Yeah. But that's the big number at the end. 25 games out of 82. That's after rough. Playing, he played 65 the year before and had 23 points. Was also like hurt the whole time. I don't know why yeah. he was sticking through that. Didn't play in the playoffs at all because he just couldn't take it anymore. So well, it's didn't a, he have a torn labrum in his hip or something like that? I forget the exact nature of the injury, but it was something like that. Like something like how were, why were you playing yeah. to the point where you're not going to play in the playoffs now? It's definitely a risk, but when you are the Avs and have a lot of money tied up in your top guys, maybe you do need to take some of these risks. But those, like, that's what we're talking about with the UFA class right now. It's like once you get past Ryan O'Reilly, it's risk territory or bottom six centers. Yeah, that's pretty much it in the UFAs. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah, and if you are signing Jonathan Drouin or Sean Monahan, then the conversations about the trade market absolutely still apply because those are the guys you need to be targeting for second line center then because you you just can't trust those guys to take over at right. 2C right there. Right. And you go back to, let's go back to the trade targets a bit. Columbus has two that I find interesting in Jack Roslovic and Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner is kind of, he has the same contract structure as Nick Schmaltz where he has, I think three years left on his contract at three seven five so it's a good cheap option for a guy who's 29 and puts up decent production he had 45 points this year in 68 games 26 of those were goals it's a good cost controlled option for the future it's not the highest end option but it's a guy who is a proven player and also not to be lost the captain of the blue jackets it might yeah, not. I don't know if the Blue Jackets are willing to trade their captain, though. I wouldn't think I wouldn't think so. But it's a guy who was thrown around at the trade deadline. Yeah. And as the Blue Jackets, they're they're not getting Connor Bedard to come in there and fix everything super quickly. Might be looking to acquire more picks, or more futures. I mean, definitely they could be looking to acquire more futures. Um, I like Rosovic more than I like Boone Jenner, just because I think Rosovic has some speed element to his game. Um, I agree, but there, I have hesitation with second line center. Oh yeah, no, like I would like I like Roslovic, but I think I'd put him at like maybe third line center. I I, I don't like him as second line center. I'd be good with Roslovic in like a platoon situation yeah. where you get you get another capable center too, and you can move those two back and forth. But the other thing with Roslovic is he makes four million bucks, not a lot, but he is a UFA after this year. So you make that trade. And what are you doing in the future? Like, is Roslovic good enough to resign? But like, here we go again with this conversation of what do the abs do at second right. line center? So I almost like the security of Boone Jenner more. And he's a reliable player, even if he's not the highest end of options. I think there's a fit there. And I also like the idea of Jack Roslovic just as a younger player with maybe a bit more speed. But I also don't love the the one year left. And also, what are you trading for that? Like, is Rostovic right. worth the first in your eyes? I, I I don't think so. But that's like the only pick we have is first. That's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> my point. Is 
you're not going to get Roslovic unless you're throwing that first out there because you don't have any seconds unless you are acquiring some somehow. And is that trade worth it? If it gets you Roslovic and a guaranteed second line center and you, you control his contract situation after that, and maybe you just bring him back again at 4 million bucks, maybe Columbus somehow retains and you can figure out a way from there. That's always a possibility. Do you think that Columbus would want a player like Gerard? I wouldn't. There'd have to be more from Columbus in a Gerard Roslovic. Well, because what if you got Roslovic and Jenner? But that also seems like now you're trading two centers for a defenseman, and like, what are we looking at for the future? I think yeah. I think there is something there that if they are looking for more on the back end, like you put Gerard with Wierenski and Bean and build up the future of the Blue Jackets on defense. I think there's something there with that. I don't know if you get both guys, though. I think you can get more than one guy. I don't know if it's both centers, though, because at some point you need someone to play right. with, with Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Then the Blue Jackets, they end up at fifth, right? They fourth? have the fourth overall pick. Yeah, so they're not getting Fantilli either. No, third. Carlson, they got, it's one Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus. So they're not getting Fantilli, but they could get that kid from Russia. What's his name? Uh, they'll probably end up getting Carlson, but because the, if they were going to get Mitchkov, then they'd probably be more reported on at this point. But it's reported that Mitchkov's probably going to fall in the draft. Really? Because he's not going to come over right away? Probably not. No, and it's probably not going to be for a while. Maybe your caps can snag him. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like those two guys. Um, like you said, the return is going to be interesting to see what the Avs want to give up for that. That That's going to be the interesting part. Yeah. And also, when you go back to the other conversation of like, what does Columbus do? Is I I think Columbus is a bounce back candidate, and Carolina has tied the game, which is going to distract us. Probably don't get this conversation back on track. Like Columbus, I think is a bounce back candidate, and they might not want to trade centers right now because they had a horrible season last year where a ton of guys are hurt. Also, the team wasn't very good. If they want to make the playoffs in the near future, I don't think they're super far away. I think they have a lot of work to do. But if they're trading Jenner, then it's probably signaling a rebuild or probably a long process. I think Roslovic less so because he has one year left on the deal. I think having said all this out loud, I think Roslovic is probably a little more realistic. I agree. I, I, Boone Jenner, I just think is going to stay in Columbus. I feel like his name's been in trade rumors for so long. That's yeah. just like he's going to stay. And like they, they, like I've said, they just don't have to do that. He has three years left on the contract at a good value, and he's the captain of the team, right. which matters. They're not just going to go moving out captains for like the twenty seventh overall pick. Yeah, they just won't do that. Right. But I like those ones. Another player like this is my, I think, even more far fetched than. Uh, Elias Lindholm and when we were talking earlier today this is one that I think all this would almost be too perfect of a storybook if this happened and that is the Avs getting Sidney Crosby to play with Nathan McKinnon see like, I'm usually I'm usually open to ideas I will just say this now that will not happen I know that's what I'm saying it's like I gave the uh Lindholm one like a Two percent chance of happening. This has like a point zero zero one percent chance of happening. I will outright say it has a zero percent chance <laughs> of happening. The Let Penguins me dream, lose. man, because I'm that tr- would be cool if they got. I'm to trying to, but if the Penguins lose every game for the next three years, they're not trading Sidney Crosby. What if Crosby asks for a trade? Then that's a different story. But I can't imagine Crosby would. 
I don't know, man. I mean, I, it's, I, it's not Ron Hextall anymore. I mean, yeah. he might have been very willing, according to the article from Rob Rossi today, to to let Malkin and Latang go. But the guy who told him to do that is also fired, and also Hextall is fired. And whoever is coming in for the Penguins is going to be about building up this team to be a, a Stanley Cup contender again. The only way Crosby is on the abs is at the end of his contract, which I believe has two years left. And if the Penguins have been terrible for both those years and missed the playoffs both times, and there's no hope for the future in Pittsburgh, then I could see him walking in UFA and joining McKinnon. By trade, I just outright don't think that will ever happen. Could you imagine Sidney Crosby as a second-line center, though? Be cheating. Yeah, like uh, the dude is what 35, 36 years old and is still a point per game player. It's 35 going to be 36 in August. Like that would be for the last couple of years if he just went like full Wayne Gretzky and just went on a tour of teams. That would be just so perfect for the Abs. Like I I couldn't even imagine Sidney Crosby on the Abs. Yeah, I can't either for several reasons. I can't, I can't <laughs> How imagine. weird would that be for you to go from hating him for all your life to then he's playing on your favorite team? I don't know. I literally cannot even picture it for the life of me. Having to <laughs> I would totally get you a Crosby jersey and make you wear it. I so would. If, if, if that ever happens, I'll do it. I will 100% <laughs> do it. If Sidney Crosby is ever on the avalanche, I will 100% wear that jersey. No, no questions asked. Oh, I need it to happen. I need that visual because that would just be... Like I would go search your Twitter and just see all the times you trash Crosby and just retweet all of them because that would be I'll go I'll go hilarious. Full, I'll go full heel 100 <laughs> percent I will go full heel and make I will wear the Sydney Crosby jersey for every single game. I'm making this uh, now and you can hold me to this later. If Sidney Crosby is ever on this team, I will completely full tilt it and make him my favorite <laughs> player. Sidney Crosby's the greatest of all time. Yeah, I will do it. I will because I'm so confident it won't happen that I will 100% do that. No questions asked. Like if you if we got Sidney Crosby, it would be the Avs would be unstoppable. It's one of the greatest players. It's one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, it's a declining Sidney Crosby. What does that even? What 70, 65, 70? Yeah, yeah, just what a basic second line center does. Yeah, like still one of the best players of this generation, arguably the best of this generation, and top five player to ever do it. Like, yeah, if Sidney Crosby's ever on the Avs, one hundred percent favorite player, I'll do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Like. Sidney Crosby is one of those ones like it's kind of a bummer because if he doesn't get those concussions, he probably is. He's still a fantastic player, but like he's locked into that top five all time. Probably he, he lost out on a lot of points and a lot of good runs that way with the concussions. Does Ovechkin have more points than him? I They go back and forth. I think Crosby's ahead of him now because I don't think Obi's hit 1500 yet. And okay. Crosby's, Crosby's right now at 1502. So Crosby can realistically hit, not not realistically, there's a chance he can hit 2,000 points before his career's over. I mean, he's only 75% of the way there, and he's 35. It's possible. It's possible. He 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 had, what, 85 this year? No, he had 93. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's possible. He he cannot drop at all for the next six seasons. He has to stay in a 90-point range. Yeah, we'll see. But... uh, yeah, that's my like far-fetched one that if I was looking to like if I was writing like an article and I just want to clickbait, that is what I would put is Sidney Crosby to the Avs. Um 
but yeah, like you said, that has a less than zero percent chance of happening. Yeah, like it just straight up isn't for anyone who thinks Sidney Crosby is going to be on the Avalanche opening roster next season. I hate to be the one to dash your hopes. That is just not going to happen at no. all. At all. It Zero won't. percent chance. Be really cool if it did, but it's not going to. And as we're ending that conversation, the Florida Panthers are going to the Stanley Cup final. They score with four seconds left in regulation on a power play. Matthew Kachuk, man. Holy shit. Is that he, goaltender interference, though? We'll, we will see. But they're hucking rats on the ice. 4.3 seconds left and looks like as it stands right now, the Panthers are going to sweep the Hurricanes and go to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. And they're looking, they're going to look at it. We're going to continue the conversation, but yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Who, who else uh, do we have on this list? Cause we're already at like almost 50 minutes of, of player talk. Who yeah. else do we have? I mean, looking at the trade targets, we've talked about Schmaltz and Jenner and Roslovic Lindholm. Speaking of the Panthers and guys who are now not going to come here, uh, I I had Sam Bennett back when I made this. I've had this list for a while. I've been building it for a while. If the, the Pittsburgh Penguins simply beat the Chicago Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Panthers miss the playoffs instead of right now being four seconds away from the Stanley Cup final... I would have really liked Sam Bennett as a second line center for this team. Another guy we talked about at the deadline was Adam Henrique. He's got one year left as well. I would have liked him more as the deadline acquisition this year, but I still think there's a fit there, especially if he's healthy. This one is out there. And what are they calling here? They saying it's no goal. There's take I can't I obviously don't have my sound on because I'm recording something, but okay, they're reviewing it. So one that is also out there that I think is a possibility, and I don't know how much I agree with it, but Evgeny Kuznetsov is on his way out from the caps. Yeah, we talked and, about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. I think there is a path that could make Kuznetsov on the Avs work. The skill is there, the talent is there. The main problem with Kuznetsov is, is the effort there anymore? Does he care enough anymore? And it's been a problem the last couple of years, but also Peter Laviolette, by all reports, has just beaten the love of hockey out of him. And a change of scenery might do someone like that really well. I don't think that is what the Avs should do, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, I I don't like Kuznetsov. Hang on, they're announcing if this is a goal or not. It is a goal. Wow, I thought they were going to call it back with that stick in the legs. I don't. I, it's just that's so hard to overturn a goal like that for that. Yeah. I don't know. I I've been honestly I have not paid much attention to the replay because I'm trying to focus. That's Dude, has Brooks Kepka slept in these past seventy two hours? I don't think so. I mean, respect, man. Like, good for you, dude. But. Uh... Yeah. Um, back to Kuznetsov, though. I, I just, everything I've seen from him these past couple of years, I, I don't, I don't want him. I just don't. The the borderline fundamentals for this trade is 7.8. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. The Capitals will need to retain probably at least 2.8 of that and get him down to five. Because Kuznetsov has, I believe, two years left after this one at $7.8 million dollars. And for most of that contract, he has been worth it. This is a guy who 
back when they won the Stanley Cup, was a point-per-game player that season and was Ovechkin away from being a Conn Smythe winner that run. Even after that, just barely under a point per game. Then kind of fell off once the coaching change came into effect. And then in the, the shortened season, just was not effective at all. Then bounced back the year prior with 78 points in 79 games and was a big reason that the Capitals made the playoffs and did well in those playoffs too. And then this year, it just, the effort was not there again. I think if you can find a way to pry him out of Washington cheap and also get retention, I think there's a path there. The retention part, though, you're going to have to throw something in to get the retention. Right. And what do we have to give? Right. Like, I'm not willing to give a first round pick for Evgeny Kuznetsov. No. Like, just no way. No chance in hell. Like, do I think he'd be great with the abs and like a change of scenery is going to do him well? Yeah, but just what I've seen from him in these past couple of years just scares me, man. And it's also for how long? Because he might do really well in a change of system, but also Evgeny Kuznetsov is not defensively sound. No. At all. Not much of a suggestion of defenses in his game. Speaking from experience of watching Evgeny Kuznetsov, there is not a lot of defense to his game, and that really doesn't jive in the AF system all that much. Yeah. So there's a lot of high-end skill that you could bank on with Evgeny Kuznetsov, but I I just don't see the fit team-wise, and I don't see the path for a trade. It's just something out there because he is a high-end center that has requested a trade and is on the move. And it just seems like the Caps and Abs are just farm teams for each other sometimes. They are. They really are. But we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I just, that one... I, I'm no on that one. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. No. As someone who watches Evgeny Kuznetsov, I'm a no. And I think that should say a lot for Evgeny Kuznetsov to the abs, which will also be really funny when he is the ab on opening night somehow. Because yeah. I said the same thing for Lars Eller. And here we are. And here we are. But on centers as a whole, I mean, there are definitely names that the abs can go after. It's just you want to fill this role with someone where it's not going to be a problem again next year. And you look to the UFA class, it's not great. It's really Ryan O'Reilly or bust at that point, or you're signing multiple centers to fill out your center depth. There are good trade targets, but it's like anything with the Avs. Do they have the assets to compete in those trades? And now that you know Landis Gog isn't coming back this season, I don't know if you can use that as an excuse this time because you you have to fill this role somehow. Absolutely have to fill it absolutely have to fill it so we'll have to wait and see i mean it's we're less than a month and a half away from it all coming down hey everybody hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at raycon if you're anything like me you've been asking yourself the question of what is wrong with headphones today why is everything so expensive why does everything sound so bad and why does it just never fit in my ears But thankfully, our sponsor today at Raycon has got you covered. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon believes that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other big name tech brands. They have easy and free return guarantees. And best of all, they've got plenty of features. Three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, crystal clear call quality, and eight hours of playtime on their everyday earbuds. And they're water and sweat resistant. And what I love the most 
they fit. They've got custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. What a crazy concept. Headphones that actually fit in your ears. So what are you waiting for? Go to Raycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's by Raycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode. We'll have to wait and see, and we'll have a ton more to talk about it, but... I think 53 minutes of it is uh, is good for right now. Probably, probably pretty uh, good. Let's uh, let's transition. Uh, that was smooth by me. I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back there. Um, the, the let's transition transition. Yeah. Uh, the conference finals. We kind of alluded to it. We talked about earlier. the Florida Panthers are going to the Stanley Cup final. They sweep the Carolina Hurricanes. Matthew Kachuk scores with 4.9 seconds left. And this is really lame on the fact that the hats are the exact same as the Stanley oh Cup championship. Oh my god, hats. I just noticed it cuz I'm I'm wearing my Stanley Cup championship hat. It's the same thing. It's It's the, the same, exact same thing. It's the same um, gray just with a very loose patch on it. Yeah, oh. that's bad. That's, uh, that's so lazy. Yeah, very lazy, but the Panthers can continue their Cinderella story. Sergei Bobrovsky was fantastic ever since game six against Boston. He wasn't, didn't need to be super great tonight. It looked like this game was going to overtime. And like we said, Matthew Kuchuk scores with 4.9 seconds left. I don't know how Jordan Stahl takes that penalty in the last minute. That is just That's not good. Brutal penalty. Um, brutal penalty to take. So bad. Um, but the Panthers are going to the Stanley Cup final, man. And ever since game six against Boston, they are or game three, four, when they lost, they are 11 and one. Yep. Since and then. The, the one game they lost was when they were up 3 0 in the second round. Yeah. Since then, just utterly dominant in every single way. Sergei Bobrovsky is, if they win the Stanley Cup, is the shoe in for the Con Smythe. I don't know, man. I think Kachuk may get it. Chuck might just because his moments have all been huge moments. Right. It seems like every goal he scores is just absolutely massive. Massive, yeah. Oh, like he has three overtime winners and that goal with four seconds left. Like yeah. just that alone is a very compelling con Smythe case, but they're not here without Sergei Bobrovsky. No, it's going to be interesting. And we've talked about it on previous episodes. Bobrovsky is... If they can win a cup this year, that contract goes from being one of the worst of all time to no one is going to remember the Doesn't bad matters. You are exempt from criticism forever. Yeah. what You won a Stanley Cup. And you weren't a passenger. You were one of, if not the biggest reason you won yeah. a Stanley Cup. It does not matter at that point, the $10 million. It's worth it. You sign contracts and sign players to win cups. And, and they will do it. And if they win a cup with Bobrovsky leading the way, it's worth it. That makes everything worth it. We're going to get to see, are they going to touch the trophy? Oh, yeah, they are. Like, I, I think the whole not touching the trophy thing is done. Like, both the Lightning and the Avs last year, like, felt that thing up. Yeah. There's no way they're not touching it anymore. Yeah, but good for the Panthers, man. I, I mean, the way Vegas is playing right now, like, I think it's safe to say it's going to be Vegas, Florida in, in the cup final. Barring, um, barring a completely different Dallas team, like, just a Dallas team that we have not seen in this series to somehow win four in a row after the disaster that was game three in this series. I would, I would have given the hurricanes a better chance for a comeback than Dallas, but I mean that game three could not have gone worse. 
for the yeah. Stars in any possible way. Ben gets himself thrown out two minutes into the game and gets himself a two-game suspension. So if they get swept, he can't even play season opener yeah. next year. And Jake Ottinger, I mean, just, just turned into a pumpkin. The three bad goals against less than eight minutes into the game, and he gets pulled before we're even halfway done the first period. And you get to the end of the second period, it's already 4 nothing Vegas. Domi takes a 10-minute misconduct, and Dallas fans are just – Hucking trash yeah. food and drink and trash to the point where there's 21 seconds left in the period. And they just like say, no, we're not finishing this period. Yeah. I can finish it later. It's to the point where the owner of the stars is coming out and apologizing to the rest of the league for their fans behavior. And they don't, they don't even score a goal in this game. Like it is as bad of a performance. I think you could possibly get. Yeah, the that the Avs could have beaten this Stars team. They could have if they're playing like that. Yeah, yeah, the Avs could have beaten this team. But uh, Vegas just keeps finding ways to win. Florida keeps finding ways to win. Obviously, we're both going to be cheering for Florida. We are going to become the number one Florida Panthers fans of all time because no chance in hell am I do I want to see Vegas win a cup. Mm-mm. Um, it's. I think you'd have to go Florida is the favorite right now, just how they're playing. You would have to, but we've seen times in the past that the the wild card team or the underdog team carries a hot goalie into the playoffs and into the final. And if that goalie's even just okay in the final, they end up losing. It's this is I just don't see how Dallas comes back and wins no. this series. I feel like it's pretty safe to assume that Vegas is going to be in the final. I think this it's a fascinating series either way. Cause like would is Aiden Hill going to crack under that pressure of barely, he hasn't even yet. Starter, barely even a starter in his career. And now he's thrown into the Stanley cup final as the bona fide guy. Can Bobrovsky keep it up in the final? It's such a, interesting series because off the top of my head, I don't think I can really pick a winner. You want to go Florida because of the hype and there's right. We are five minutes removed from them sweeping Carolina and Vegas isn't even in the final yet, but I feel it. My gut is telling me Vegas probably just because if Bobrovsky goes back at all, then I think Florida is going to be in a little trouble, but that's also the thing. Bobrovsky does not have to, go back at all. He can just be a 970 again, and they just walk through Vegas in five. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we'll save that more for the Stanley Cup Finals preview when we get to it, but I really like the Panthers the way they're playing, and that's just complete bias that I want the Panthers to win. uh, Yeah, because I don't want Vegas to win. It's honestly, the way the Western Conference Final is going is kind of almost perfect because it leaves, if it does end in a sweep, it leaves the Stars embarrassed, which is very funny. And if Vegas loses in the final... Best case scenario. Cherry on top. Yeah, cherry cherry on, top. on top of the whole thing. But hell of a conference finals, even though both are probably getting in a sweep. The East conference final was significantly better than the Western conference final, but um, still a hell of a conference final. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll save that for rest. The, the, save that for another time. I don't even know what the fuck I was trying to say there. Let's, uh, we got a couple mailbag questions we can end the, uh, in the night on. Um, yeah, and- we'll, we'll keep it to one. For today, okay. we're going a little long on time, and I do have to be up very early tomorrow, so I don't want to be up all night doing this as much as I love doing this. <laughs> so we'll get to 
a question from our guy, Logan, who we saw at DNBR a year ago. Still appreciate you, Logan, for buying us that beer a year ago. And he asks, is Jamie Ben the worst captain in the NHL? After seeing what he did to Mark Stone, I'm convinced he is. Are you guys convinced? And when I first saw this a while ago, I was saying like, well, surely not the worst captain, right? Then you start to look at the list and you go, well, who is? Because the first name that comes to mind is Jacob Truba, right? Yeah, Truba definitely takes the cake. Um, Definitively takes the cake? Because he's only been captain for one year. Yeah, I mean, he definitely takes the cake. I fucking hate Jacob Truba. Uh, Jamie Ben's probably in the top five. Because like, I'm trying uh, to think, like worse captain. Like just you think about it, like, man, what a bad captain. Because I, re- I really can't think of one that comes off like, yeah, sucks as a captain. Where, I mean, you could say Blake Wheeler, but he's not the captain, he's not anymore. captain anymore. Which is uh, in, very in, indicative of him as a captain. He's not the captain yeah. anymore. And do you know who the Jets captain is now? They don't have one. They don't have one, which yeah. says a lot about Blake Wheeler as a captain that they yeah. didn't have one at all while he's still on the team. That's a player who could end up on the abs, Blake Wheeler, by the way. For heavy retention. Yeah. Heavy, that's a heavy, heavy retention by Winnipeg. Yeah. But, but uh for, like who else who else is there? The only one think. that even comes to mind is Jacob Truba. But even then, like Jacob Truba might be a fantastic leader in the room. He just might yeah. be a very bad hockey player. Jamie Ben took himself out of a must-win game two minutes in and then did not face the media. Like, not only didn't face the media, left. Like, went home, got in his car, and left while his teammates are facing the media. You are you have a C on your chest for captain? That looks more like a coward to me. Yeah, that was good right there, by the way. That was I like what you did there. Thank you. Um, trying to think. I mean, like, I don't like Jared Spurgeon. But he's I, I think he's, he's a not, fine captain. Yeah, he's not bad. He doesn't do anything malicious. I like Roman Yossi. Like Jonathan it, Taves kind of sucks as a human being, but he's not the captain of the Chicago anymore. Right, he's leaving. So like that's what I mean. Like in terms of bad captain, it's not Just, a very extensive list. I'm running through divisions right now. Right. I, I have all of the captains in front of me. Like in, I mean Gabe Landeskog obviously is one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> top of the list. Yeah, top of the list. Yeah. Um, but even in terms of like obscure captains, like Kyle Oposo re-signed today with the Sabres. He's their captain. They clearly like him. I like Kyle Oposo. I do. It's like we're talking like Bergeron. Jordan Stahl has been captain there for a while. We talked about Boone Jenner earlier. I, I, no one really comes to mind as just like, yeah, what a poor – captain like what an idiot who doesn't deserve to lead their team it's really just kind of ben and truba and truba i'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt because it's year one and i i would certainly hope that they didn't just give truba captaincy to piss people off i imagine there's something there behind the scenes that made him the candidate over a guy like zabanajad but jamie ben abandoned his team and yeah it's it like bad enough to the point where it's going to stick around him for a very long time. Especially if they get swept and he's not there. Yeah. Who else is that? I, I don't so think I, there is I, anyone else. I have every captain in front of me, and I would tell you if one was like, oh, of course, there isn't one. Mm, yeah, there isn't. Yeah. Like, there just isn't. So, I mean, it's a great question from Logan. Like, is he the worst captain? 
it's very much recency bias because we're removed from this, but I, I can't even picture any captain on any other team doing this. Like, no. can, can you imagine Gabe Landeskog ever doing that? No. And I forget who tweeted it today, but someone, it may have been Peter or it may have been JJ. I think they was, were like, if we're thinking of the same tweet. It was Evan. Oh, was it Evan? Where they, they were just like, Gabe Landeskog after the offsides call yeah, in San that Jose. That, that was, was Evan. Him. Yeah. Still faced the media afterwards, like even though he had just been robbed. Um, yeah. I mean, like what you want from your captain is someone who's going to almost be the, the, like the bulletproof vest for your team. They're there to take the bullets of the media. The leader. Yeah. Like, and especially when you're the one who causes the problem. Right. You need to face the media. You don't leave your teammates to clean up your, you don't leave and go home. Like there's a video of him getting in his car and leaving while his teammates are still in the locker room answering questions about what a fucking disaster this game was. And a lot of it can be contributed to their captain just took himself out of the game two minutes in with a ridiculous cross check. And his excuse was, oh, I didn't mean to use my stick as... I don't even know to like break his fall or whatever the <laughs> fall that he initiated by seeing yeah. Mark Stone's head and going, I'm going to hurt this man. Yeah. I'm going to hurt his... him in the head. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think back on like the playoff on last year. I don't think Gabe Landeskog ever talked to the media after a win. He would only talk after like the four losses. Right. The, captain, <laughs> the captain is supposed to be the guy who takes those bullets, especially yeah. if the captain's responsible for most of them. Right. It's, it's yeah. the kind of thing where it's like, you look at the list of captains can you imagine like the tables are turned? Can you imagine Mark Stone doing that? Oh, I would laugh my ass off. I would laugh, but like he wouldn't. He no. straight up would not do that. Like Anze Kopitar. You ma- like e- like even Connor McDavid. McDavid would face the media. He has to. Yeah, he does. He's a little bit bitchy sometimes. He but... is, but he would be there to take the questions. Yeah. I mean, I don't be, really blame you can be bitchy all you want. You can be bitchy all you want. Yeah. You still have to take the bullets. You're the captain. You wear the seat. You're one step below the coach. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, I didn't want to say it was Jamie Ben because I feel like that was uh, that was uh, a little bit of recency bias. But now that we've talked about more, like that's that's just it'd, it'd be like if Jordan Bennington was the captain of the Blues. Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be awesome, honestly, dude. Honestly, I I don't know if you're still watching the TNT post game. They just did like Wayne Gretzky. And they showed all of his accomplishments and then poor <laughs> Paul this and that at the other no, end. No, they, they did like... they, last game they did points in career and Bissonette was below Lundquist. Oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> oh, no, that's no, so no mean. offense to Paul Bissonette, who's better at hockey than I will be at anything in my life. Yeah. But still very funny. Why is he sitting next to <laughs> Gretzky, man? Like that's just sit Anson Carter next. At least Anson Carter has something. But uh but yeah, I mean let, let's just thank our thank our lucky stars that even when Gabe Landeskog's injured, he's uh, the best captain in the NHL. Lucky stars, I like that. Very nice. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. I'm glad someone got it. But we got to get you. Uh, we got to get you so you can start editing this. Griffin graduates college tomorrow. He gets to be a big boy. Um, I was invited to the graduation, and as much fun as it sounds to go to Maryland in the middle of May, I'm good. I love you, brother. But yeah, no, it's not happening, man. I'm it's sorry. okay. It's fine. It's, it's all right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not offended by that. It's okay. He says I, that while he's he's shooting me a death glare. Yeah, I have thick skin. It's okay. <laughs> it's just I won't re- I won't read into to that at all. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh fair enough. But congrats, man. That's awesome. You only Thanks. get to graduate college once unless you go back for a master's, which 
I wouldn't recommend doing because it's kind of stupid. But then you eventually get like my diplomas just sitting in my man cave, and it's like, wow, that's ninety thousand dollars for that piece of paper. I'm not even. I'm you... not even sure if they'll give me my receipt tomorrow. I haven't. I haven't figured out if they're going to mail it to me or if they'll give me my. Oh, you got six months after you graduate before. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got time, and then yeah, that they make you pay for the diploma, which is the best part. Right. Right. So that's, they make that's you pay. They make you pay for the receipt, basically. Right. Right. So yeah, mine's just sitting in my man cave. It looks pretty nice, but uh, yeah, congrats, man. In Thanks. all seriousness, though, that's it's an awesome feat, and uh, you worked your ass off. Uh, I don't know how Griffin does this sometimes, but that dude, he is on the East Coast. We record mostly on my timeline. Uh, he's up till 3 a.m. most nights, and he's still going to school. So major kudos to that man, and uh, just enjoy it, man. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the time with the fam, and uh, yeah, just party. Your, I, you're not a party or a drinker, so I, I'm just going to say enjoy the time. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. At the very <laughs> you least. may have a beer. Yeah, we'll see. I, it's it's also very hard for me to take praise, so I just had to kind of sit there and take it for the whole time. So I know I feel whenever you talk about me, man, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Thank but, you. I appreciate the, yeah. the kind words. I'm I'm learning how to work on myself and take there you go. praise and also constructive criticism. So we're there. You go. So thank you. I appreciate. It. But <laughs> unless you've got anything else for this one, I think we're good to go. Oh, dude, we we were going to talk about the Nuggets. Oh um, my God, this, that, that's very on brand for how the Nuggets yeah. are treated as of yeah. Late. I mean. The Denver Nuggets uh, advance to the NBA Finals. They sweep the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they are on a eerily similar path to what the Avs did last year. The only thing that's different is they lost a game in the first round. Other right. than that, they they are on an exact same path. And we wouldn't be an Avs podcast if we didn't talk about the Nuggets, even though basketball bores the hell out of me a majority of the time. Um, it's really cool to have another championship run very shortly after the fact that the Avs just did this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not a basketball guy at all, but like I was stressing over the Lakers oh, yeah. still. Like it's I could I couldn't watch game four. It's like I don't need this stress right now. I it, don't need this in my life. It felt good to be like freaking out about sports again. Right. Like it, like this is the time of year where I need to be panicking about sports, and I was panicking about basketball. Um, and we talk about it. Our guy Stan Kroenke. I mean, what an underdog. The dude is on a heater right now. I mean, he gets the Rams to win the Super Bowl. The Avs win the Stanley Cup. Arsenal, I think, finished like they kind of blew it. They could have won the Premier League. And now the Nuggets can win a championship. We're talking this guy could win three championships in less than three years in three different sports. You know, just Stan Kroenke started from the bottom. What started a from the bottom. True, man. true underdog story. And also, like, I want to talk about the Nuggets. It, is this the most disrespected a team has ever been on a championship run? Because that entire Lakers series was not about the Nuggets at all, even after they won. Like, it was disturbing to a point. Well, everything that the Nuggets did was just like, well, how does this affect LeBron, though? Yeah, I think that's where basketball and hockey are different in that fact where it's like these big media teams – like the Boston Celtics, like the Los Angeles Lakers, so many people are fans of them that they don't care. Um, and it's frustrating, but name another time that a number one seed can say that they are the underdog. Right. Just like, the, I don't think really in sports I've ever seen a team get so consistently disrespected. I mean, Vegas than, this year. No, not even close. It's not, not close, but not even close to how it, the Nuggets were treated. It's it's one of those things where like you don't get to be a number one seed and say you're the underdog. Right. Especially since they're probably going to be playing the eight seed in the fight right. with the Miami Heat. But 
I don't know. It really bothered me. Like it, oh. I'm usually used to that stuff. And you, you know, everyone's always like, Oh, the media is against me. They were pretty against the nuggets oh, yeah. in the series and treated them like shit and are still treating them like shit. It was like, Oh, it's bad for the game. Fuck off. Like that's such a stupid narrative. It's it, the biggest thing that frustrates me is just people thinking that Denver isn't a rabid sports fan base. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not a top five city in terms of population in the country. I guess that's what we determine big markets right. as nowadays. It's still a top 20 city in the country and has always performed with their sports teams. Always come through in sports. Fan bases are loyal and the nuggets were so bad for so long. And this is their first time getting to the championship series ever getting to the finals. And it's, it, it, that's the part that frustrates me more is people thinking that Denver's not this like deserving city of like sports fans. And it's like, no, like Denver has some of the most loyal fans in the world. Like we've cheered for the Broncos for the past five years. Like, come on. We cheered for the abs when they went through their shit. We've been Nuggets fans forever. The Rockies are the Rockies. Like uh, that's just the, the way it is. Get, the Rockies get a mention in Colorado sports, yeah, for sure. That's but people still go to the games. Yeah. Like people still show up for those games. Yeah, and, I, I went to a Rockies game, right? And Denver fans are great. They are some of the most loyal. I mean, look at we have people listening to the show in May, and the abs haven't played in three weeks. Like people care about sports in Denver to a fault sometimes, and. It's just really cool to see another Denver team do it for the first time. Like the Nuggets doing it is really fucking cool. Um, I hope they can finish the job. Uh, you want to hear something funny though? Because my brother has season tickets to the Nuggets. I have season tickets to the Abs. right? He told me his playoff ticket prices and I gasped at how little they were because it reminded me so much of what the Abs were last year. Because I don't know if you saw what the Abs were this year. If they would have made the cup final, I think my tickets would have been like, like 500 a piece he paid 500 for a ticket to like total for all four games wow yeah <laughs> it's crazy so i told him like enjoy that because if they win the finals you know those ticket prices next year are going to skyrocket those are going uh, through the roof all season long yeah i imagine but, worse in basketball too yeah and if you do want to go see the nuggets play in the nba finals you can use the promo code teledads it is on SeatGeek and say $20 off your first purchase of $50 or more. I can promise you the tickets are $50 or more. So definitely $50 just, or more. Just take the 50, just take the 20 bucks off because why not? So go ahead and use that free money uh, and shout out the nuggets. That's the most basketball we will ever talk on this podcast. I mean, if they, if they win, I'm sure we'll talk about them a little more, but yeah. Great to see that the Nuggets are back in the final for the first time ever. ever. And really hope that they can finish the job because just a year removed from the abs winning the Stanley Cup, it would be nice to have Denver be back-to-back champs somehow. And like the Nuggets, the Nuggets deserve it. They're finally healthy, seemingly, yep. for the first time ever in the playoffs. And they're dominating people. And it will be really funny to have to watch people try to make this seem like a bad thing for basketball that the Nuggets oh. are going to win. Dude, Denver is in such a good spot with their their teams and superstars. Like, you look at the Avs, they're loaded with superstars, Nathan McKinnon being the number one. And then the Nuggets, you got Nikola Jokic, who is a back-to-back MVP, should have had three this year. Like, Denver is – we could be seeing the start of, like, a run for Denver teams to win championships. I don't think it'll be from the Broncos or the Rockies, so the Avs and the Nuggets are going to have to carry the load. Um 
Although the Colorado Mammoth, another Stan Kroenke team, they're in the, the again, they're in the championship series the, again. The ultimate underdog strikes again with Stan Kroenke. The that dude is, I, can't I, I, just, I just want to meet him. I just want to shake his hand and tell him, sir, you're an inspiration. Maybe, maybe some of that winning will rub off. On yeah. The, I the, mean, the, the, the guy doesn't lose. He dude, I'd lose. take his mustache. Oh, I would yeah. take his mustache. I'd take that every time. He also I mean, how cool is it to have your first initial be E? Like, right? I'm E Stanley Kroenke. Oh, That's fucking man. cool. He also but, took the Rams out of St. Louis, which was very funny. Yes, very fun, and they hate him for it. So so funny. Yeah, I mean the underdog Stan Kroenke has a chance to strike again. So yeah. So anyway, <laughs> what a blast! Great for the Nuggets. Christian already did the ad read. You can use promo code Teledabs. It is on CK for twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more. You can follow us on Twitter. And you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go Abs and let's go Nuggets.